You both co-hosts here. Love Talk Radio. Yeah, yeah, with okay. the Three Musketeers. With the Three Musketeers. I stroll through the pictures. What I've left behind. You want to get I'm locked up in memories They all intertwine The memories living In my mind I know tomorrow Cause that dawn will come You will never know what you've done Good evening and welcome to the Stop Child Abuse Now show This is scan number 3240 That's what it is, 3240 I'm Carol Levine I'll be running this show tonight I'm Vice President for NASCA And um I have my two partners in crime with me, which always makes me very happy, okay? <laughs> I have Michelle Bless, and I have Lori, and uh, Philip is here also. He just called in. So we have three people so far on the panel. Um, if you want to call in to tonight's show, it's 646-595-2118. That's 646-595-2118. I'm going to read the uh, NASCA mission statement here and then get on with what we're going to be speaking about tonight. Okay. We have a singleness of purpose at NASCA, and that is to address issues related to childhood abuse and trauma, including sexual assault, violent or physical abuse, emotional traumas, and neglect. And we do so two different ways. Number one is educating the public, especially as related to getting society over the taboo of discussing childhood sexual abuse. That's a biggie. Presenting the facts mm-hmm. that show child abuse, yeah, to be a pandemic worldwide problem that affects everyone. And number two is offering hope for healing to numerous pairs and providing many services to adult survivors of child abuse and information for anyone interested in the many issues involving prevention, intervention, and recovery. You hear me talking about prevention all the time. It's, I'm like stuck on it, okay? Because if we all did more for our children, if we educated ourselves, just to put it really short here, if we educated ourselves and educated our children um, about, you know, what's right, what's wrong, what's appropriate, what's not appropriate from adults and also from older siblings, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it can be from that too, which an article that I'm going to be uh, going over here does mention and uh, if we teach our children well, then they're less likely, okay, to become prey, and that's P-R-E-Y, to uh, a pedophile because they know what to look for, okay? And this is important. So um, anyway, what we're going to do tonight, and I had discussed with um, Michelle and, and Lori also, and, and now Philip, um, but I did mention on last night's show, and the three were on last night, we have an article on NASCA. You can follow along if you want. 
And it's on N-A-A-S-C-A dot org, NASCA dot org. And if you scroll down, I don't know, about a third of the way, something like that, you'll see red blocks. And all the way over to the right, um, not the last one, but the next one uh, before it, the one before the last one. Um, if you click on to that, you'll see prevention and intervention. Now, what that uh, offers, it, all kinds of preventative things that, you know, parents can use, tools, all kinds of things, how to speak to your children about, you know, sexual abuse and what's appropriate, what's not appropriate, um, what's the proper age to speak to your child, all kinds of things. And um, and also, too, about their bodies and their body belongs to them and um, not to other people. And uh, all kinds of interesting ways and that parents, by role-playing, I've done a lot of role-playing in my life with places I've been, but um, a lot of role-playing between husband and wife um, or whoever is with the children, right? It's not always a husband and wife, but whoever is ca- taking care of them but who cares about them, to learn how to feel comfortable with the subject of pedophiles, you know, the inappropriate and the appropriate touch, uh, what's not right, um, what's not good, uh, and also, too, just about sexual abuse in general. And there are books, I want to make this clear, there are books out on the market now on Amazon There have been for some time where people can actually uh, buy these books, and that will help them too if they need a, you know, feel like they need a little bit more even than what NASCA has to offer. You can buy books, and you can use them as tools to, uh, if your children are like five, six years old, whatever, uh, to sit down and talk to them. You know, and it has cartoon characters. or sort of like cartoon characters in these books, and children like to look at them. Now, this is all very important because now you're taking one step further with being a parent, and and that's what we all need to do. We need to do this at home. We need our communities to become more uh, um, aggressive and trying to, you know, figure out ways to teach the parents, to teach the community what to look for, the signs, the whole nine yards. There's a lot of things on the prevention intervention and uh, intervention is how you speak to a child. If you see a kid down the block and know they're being abused, how you get, you know, you retrieve information from them, but in such a way that you don't scare them, okay? There's all kinds of ways to talk to kids. So NASA is an important thing to have, and, and it has a lot of good information. Okay, so it's naasca.org, nasca.org, Okay. So um, I'm going to get started with this, and I'm not going to read the whole top of it because uh, we already know what child abuse is. But what I'm going to start here is the information in this article was compiled and written by several sex offenders in treatment with the Center for Behavioral Intervention. Now, this took place in Beavertown. Now, Beavertown, I don't know where the heck that was. I don't remember. Um, Oh, it's in Oregon. Okay, Beavertown, Oregon. Um, After they gave out all of this wonderful information which we're about to go through, the place was burned down. That's all I can tell you. So I don't know if they relocated. I don't know what happened. But I do know this. I've got a lot of good information here, and that's what we're going to discuss. Okay, who are child molesters? Research indicates that at least 25% of children are sexually abused prior to their 18th birthday. 
children are, yes, most children are molested by someone they are related to, I know very well, like relatives, neighbors, family, friends. One study indicated that one out of every ten men had molested a child. One out of every ten men had molested a child. Okay, so despite the high rate of child sexual abuse, only 16% of children victims are able to tell someone because they're so afraid. The, the abusers tell them they're going to kill them, they're going to kill their mother, they're going to kill their cat, they're going to do this, they're going to do that. Or no one's going to believe right. you because you're just a kid, okay? And that's so unfortunate. And then only 3% of sex offenders are caught and prosecuted, okay? Mm. Most offenders are able to get away with it, molesting children for years before they are reported to law enforcement. Now, this remember, this is written by child molesters, okay, and, and so forth. Let me, uh, I have an article here, so it's in paper, so, all right. What these facts tell us is that all parents, caretakers, and community members must educate themselves about sexual abuse and child molesters in order to improve their ability to protect children. It is important for people to understand how normal child molesters look and how easily they can gain access to children, isolate them, and manipulate them into thinking the abuse is okay. Offenders also make children feel guilty and responsible for the abuse. These dynamics make it very hard for children to tell anyone what is happening to them. We hope this is brochure, as they call it, will help you protect children from people who molest and abuse children. Now, again, this is written by the molesters themselves, the rapists, the whole nine yards. Who is a typical child molester? I am probably well-known and liked by you and your child. I can be a man or a woman, married or single. I can be a child, adolescent, or adult. Now, again, I even spoke last night about the teenagers that sometimes are in rehab centers and so forth because they have committed, you know, sex crimes with younger children. So when they say uh, adolescents, that's what they're talking about right here. I can be of any race, hold any religious belief, and have any sexual preference. This is another reason why they're saying, too, they're finding out. They're getting a little smarter. They say kids should never walk alone, never. If a kid is walking down the street by themselves, male or female, it's an opportunity. Okay, it becomes an opportunity. And the person either acts on it or they don't act on it. And that can be, again, male or female. Okay, I can be a parent, a step-parent, relative, family, friend, teacher, clergyman, babysitter, or anyone who comes in contact with children. I am likely to be a stable, employed, respected member of community. Now, we know that um, many people align themselves with jobs so that they can be around children. That can be in any capacity. It could be in daycare centers. They found them at times in daycare centers. It could be anything, all right? Um, I am likely to be stable, employed, and respected member of the community. 
That's scary, don't mm-hmm. you think? I guess it is. You think someone's Absolutely. a good person? Yeah. And we find out they're not. My mm-hmm. education and my intelligence, see, they always think that they're so smart. Remember we were talking about that last night. My education mm-hmm. and my intelligence don't prevent me from molesting your child. Mm-hmm. I can be anybody. Parents can defeat me if they work together. Educate mm-hmm. yourself, your family, and your community. Um, right. What do you think about that, Lori? You're silent. Um, it's true. You know, they're everywhere. I lived with the one. He did everything. We thought he was a social butterfly, a wonderful man. But he was the worst guy I ever met in my life. So I've learned from a very young age to actually pick up uh, the type of person that he was and other people. I could see it. I don't know how that you can get skilled at that young. But I was picking them up. I knew the signs to look out for, and they are all over our community. Mm-hmm. They always will be. They always will be. That's a, that's a sad thing to say, and that's the truth. Um, I have some information. Go ahead. Okay, so correct me if I'm wrong, correct me if I'm wrong, but you have did some research about the person going up into the prison and talk to several pedophiles that gave them uh, information. Is that correct? This isn't a prison. What this is is they've gone to prison, okay, the people in, in this Beaver Town um, building that got burnt down. They had gone to prison, and then in most facilities, as I've been reading, they uh, expect mm-hmm. for the person who is the abuser then to go into a rehab center. So this was actually like a rehab center, and the, the pedophiles there um, actually wrote this, as I'm reading it. Um, they're trying to give tips. Remember, they think they're okay, highly so, intelligent. Go ahead. Okay, so wait a minute. So, okay, so my question, so can you... Can you uh, uh, speak about some of the things that they actually said for the world to know about this? Can you elaborate on that? Like, can you speak mm-hmm. on some of that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, I have to read the whole brochure in order to find exactly what you're asking for. But um, they do give wonderful information on grooming. Um, they do give wonderful information on parents and what they need to learn, um, you know, and so forth and so on. Why don't child molesters always get caught? That's another one, and so forth. So I'm just going to go down what I've got here on this, and then we can uh, discuss it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I have also new information, which I did find today. And I, like I was saying to you before we uh, started the show, <laughs> I got locked mm-hmm. out of a few places, all right? And uh, right. so anyway, mm-hmm. so, okay, they make the kids feel guilty. They do that. Um, mm-hmm. Many times they say you enjoyed it, and that's why they keep their mouths shut for so long. Sometimes people don't tell them until they're 40, 50 years old, okay, that they had been sexually Absolutely. abused, you know. And that's especially, me. too, if it's a, a mm-hmm. family member, because they don't want to think, you know, want people to think that their family is weird or anything, you know. Mm-hmm. They don't want people to believe that. So um, even if in the family structure 
a kid does tell, like I did, uh, first of all, the person who was the offender, I had two offenders in the family, um, they didn't get into trouble, okay? Not from the family right. at all. Mm-hmm. No one called the cops. And, um, see, pedophiles, they count on that. They know Absolutely. that people are ashamed. They know mm-hmm. how the family structure works. They know that people would rather sweep it under the rug and, and not talk about it. If they'd go and try to get help, you know, from a therapist or a counselor right. like me, I, I'm going to say, hey, mm-hmm. we have to get a hold of this person. We have to get a hold of that person. We have to go through these, you know, steps here. A lot of times they don't want to do that. They don't want to do right. that because that's airing their dirty laundry, as they used to say in the old day, and, and exposing, you know, that they have a family member or two family members in my case. I don't know. You had quite a few. Lori, you had some in yours. Right. And Philip, I don't know. I, I guess you had someone. I don't know. But, you know, the point is they don't want to expose that it was in the family. They don't want to do that. Okay. Exactly. So that's why another reason why um, child molesters don't get caught, they put it as child molesters, and today they call it maltreatment. They, they try to sugarcoat things, Michelle, rather than coming out with um, the words child sex abuse, crimes against children, because that's what it is. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they call it maltreatment. Maltreatment is something, I don't know, it makes Bill mad, too. He doesn't like maltreatment. Um, it take, it doesn't. It's not specific. It's maltreatment. Okay, mm-hmm. so that can cover mm-hmm. all different kinds of things, and uh, children being beaten, children being neglected, um, children, um, you know, guess sexual abuse, um, emotional abuse. But they don't. Many times they don't zero in until you get halfway through an article about sexual abuse itself. They'll talk about the right. other too, yeah. So I was trying to zero in on just pedophilia, which people who have uh, pedophilic uh, tendencies, in other words, they want to mm-hmm. be a pedophile. Okay. So mm-hmm. okay. So who is a child? We already read that. Okay. How child molesters gain access to their child? How do they? It says it very clearly. It's very easy to gain access to your child. I pay attention to your child and make him feel special. Now, we know this, but there are mm-hmm. people who are listening that don't know this, that need to learn it, need to, mm-hmm. you know, get it through the family. I present the appearance of being someone you and your family can trust and rely on. I get to know your child's likes and dislikes very well. I go out of my way to buy gifts or treats Mm -hmm. your child might like. I isolate your child by involving him in fun activities so we can be together alone. Mm -hmm. If you are a single parent, I may prey on your fears about your child lacking a father. See, look, that happened in my family. When when I divorced my first husband, um, Mm -hmm. I, I went back to the school kids that I knew because some of them were divorced, and we'd go out and shoot pool, we'd have a good time and all this other stuff. Nothing romantic. But um, there was one guy that was very interested in me, and I'm certainly not going to mention names, and um, right. he wasn't really after me. He was after my son. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was real good to me, don't get me wrong. 
He'd buy me pretty clothing. We'd go out, um, all kinds of nice things. But on the other hand, um, he really was more interested. I noticed he treated my son better than my daughter. And I always wondered why. You know, I didn't like that. Treat them the same, okay? But on the other hand, I thought to myself, um, this guy has his own trucking business. Um, I've known him for years. Um, What Mm -hmm. little boy who didn't get any attention from his father um, wouldn't like this guy and want to be going to truck with him. Oh, my God, what fun would that be for a, a kid, right? Right. And that's exactly what happened, okay? That's what happened. And um, so he would take him to the office because he had to look up his orders. And it was a trucking firm. They had uh, big pebbles, you know, they delivered that for driveways and stuff. And, mm-hmm. um, well, there was all kinds of magazines all over the place, and it wasn't girls on the magazine. It was men, okay? Mm. You have playgirls and then you have playboys, right? So David was just a a little kid. I hope he's not listening. He'll get mad at me. (laughs) But he was was just a little kid, and he didn't realize, you know, that uh, this guy had, I'm going to say, the hots for him, okay? Mm -hmm. So what happened was, um, geez, we were, uh, I thought it was a good thing. He was getting attention from a male, finally. His father didn't give him any attention. Made fun of him. And, um, you know, so for me, it was a good thing, I thought. That's what I thought. Right. So he, they came home one day from the, the, what do you call it? The quarry. Yeah, the quarry. The rock quarry. They came home one day, and uh, they were both dirty because they'd been, David was trying to help. You know, little kids try to help at times. He got dirty. So David went running upstairs. I'm in the kitchen making dinner, and um, this guy mm. always liked steak and potatoes. I got so tired of it. That's all he ever wanted to eat was steak and potatoes. Mm. And I didn't get cheap steaks, so I'm busy out in the kitchen, of course, making a salad to go with it, whatever. And David's upstairs taking a shower. Michelle's watching TV. And uh, this guy said, well, I need a shower, too. And I said, well, he's up there in the shower now, not dreaming that he would go up there, okay? Mm. I can't hear him. This was a three-floor apartment. It was almost like a condo, okay? And um, the basement was done over nicely, and and the upstairs, you know, the living room area, the living section was fine, and then you had the bedrooms upstairs and the bathroom. So what he did was he just simply jumped into the shower and uh, was with my kin. Oh, my God. So he, he left with him at that point. Well, I didn't know this. Okay, I'm downstairs making dinner. So David didn't yell or anything. And, and the guy didn't actually, he soaked him up. That's what he did. He soaked him up. Mm. Okay, in all places. So, and then David got the hell out of there. He didn't like that. I mean, he 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 didn't know how bad it was. Let me think. How old was he? Nine, ten, somewhere in there. And right. um, he didn't know if it was right or wrong. Um, I, I after a certain age, you let your kids take their own showers. You know what I'm saying? And right. Because he was, you know. So by the time they're six, they can go in the shower. You can snoop your head in, make sure they're all right. Whatever. 
So here Dave mm-hmm. was nine or ten, something like that. And uh, this guy's in there doing that. Mm-hmm. So then he wanted mm-hmm. David to, to soap him up. <laughs> oh, my well, David God. Said, so David said, well, well, let me get some of the soap out of my eye. So when he did that, he got out right after that, okay? And he got the heck out of there. He didn't come down and tell Mommy. If I had known that, I would have gotten rid of that guy real fast. Absolutely. This guy wanted to marry me. And um, I thought he was an okay guy. He wasn't okay, all right? So um, David David didn't tell me, Michelle, for many years. Many years. I met Mm. him on the road. I was going in one direction. He had bought me a beautiful Thunderbird. I mean, this guy was mm-hmm. giving me things, okay? Um, mm-hmm. And he was coming in the opposite direction in his car, or not his car, his truck. And um, I'm looking at him. He's looking at me, and then he started to head towards me. He was going to crash right into me. Well, mm-hmm. thankfully for me and for David and Michelle, three of us were together, I just simply was able to go into the shoulder enough to get away from him. And I hit it. I gunned it. And God must have been watching over me because I had enough room on the right-hand side, and when I gunned it, there was no car in front of me. (laughs) Okay. So, you see, these things can happen. And, yes, they do like women who are divorced like I was and um, Mm -hmm. could use a man around. Hmm? Mm -hmm. Says it right here. That's what they do. Single mothers. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. So this was not a good thing, and um, but he didn't tell me, he didn't tell anyone. So he carried that along in his heart, in his brain, probably confused um, and scared because, after all, the guy tried to run us off the road, right? So he just kept that to himself for many years, many years. And then when he told me, I exploded. I was so angry, not at David. I get it. I was totally right. like killed. I was going to get killed if I told him, remember? So, um, you know, I, I understand. So, um, still in all, it happens. It happens, okay. That, that's one of the people that they, um, they prey on is families like that. What do you think mm-hmm. about that, Lori? Um, it's a horrible story. Um, makes me feel sorry for my brother. My father did the, you know, the same thing to him. Just not as often. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, you know, he just turned into doing it himself, you know, because he was, there was something wrong with him anyway, you know, from the beginning. But, uh, you know, keeping it to yourself, not wanting to upset the parent. This is what my neighbor from New York said, that the guy, my husband and I told the parents that your friend here is too interested in your daughter. I don't like the way. He's handling her. He should not put hands on her. Yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. And he thought it was fine, but I was like, no, the hell with this. So uh, we, we, every time we go over there, we'd be watching for the daughter. But it turns out that um, he did get her one day, and she said that um, she wouldn't tell her father because it was his friend. I guess oh my she knew that she didn't, you know, mean too much, so she kept it all inside. There's only so much you can watch, and if 
you're not watching, that that's when they sneak in. I mean, this guy was so obvious. I'm surprised anybody did any. You know, it was just like out in the open. And it was like, well, mm-hmm. what is wrong with you people? You know, you, you, some other people, you don't, they pay attention to your kid too much. You should have an automatic sensor in you that goes up, you know, like this mm-hmm. is not right. It's not normal. So, yeah, it is a shame. And, and when they do carry the, the secret with them, it tears them up in front because they don't forget it. They don't yeah. forget it. And it's a shame they can't um, feel comfortable enough to share it. But probably, I would think, well, you're a son. He didn't want to upset you. Um, you know, so that's why he kept it in. Some people just don't have anybody to tell. But either situation mm-hmm. leaves a kid with this horror of a memory, you know, kept to himself. For yeah. many, yep. many years. Oh, my God. Story, you know. And it was and, up to um, him to deal with it. Well, he knows the type of work that I do. All right. Now, this is where the bonding issue comes in. I adore my children. They adore me. But there's certain things that they're going to keep from me. All right. And um, not so much Michelle, because she's a girl, and we all go blah, blah, blah. <laughs> We're more apt to do that than boys, all right? But mm-hmm. with David, it was he was humiliated. There's a, 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 you know, he was very, very humiliated as he got a little bit older and a little bit smarter, and he kept thinking about this thing going around in his head all the time, um, remembering that there was all magazines of males, all right, uh, on the uh, coffee table in the office. And and then mm-hmm. the way he gave him extra attention, and then finally the bubble act, you know, with the soap, and um, the next act would have been he actually raping him. All right, that's what would have happened. Wow. That would have been mm-hmm. the next thing. And um, again, parents out there who don't educate their children, I. I was, uh, was I working at a detention center? You know, I wasn't working there yet. No, no, it's part of another program. But anyway, the point is, um, I don't know. Uh, he told me, I think when he was in his 30s or early 40s, early, yeah, 30s, David told me finally, many years after it happened. Now, if myself as a parent and, um, and other parents out there who don't sit down with their children and tell them what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. And you don't build that bond, you know, that's so desperately needed between, you know, child and, and parent. Um, with situations like that, Isaiah. they're going to keep it in. Mm-hmm. They're going to keep it in, okay? They're not going to talk about it. Not about that. And, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's a shame. It's a shame. Okay, so here they they go on to say, these uh, child molesters, how do I gain access to your child? I pay attention and make them feel special. I present the appearance wow. of being someone, yep, someone you and your family can trust and rely on. Mm. Mm. I get to know your child's likes and dislikes. I isolate your child. Um, and again, if you are a single parent, I may prey on your fears about your child lacking a father figure or a wow. stable home life. Okay, now that's exactly what that guy did. Mm-hmm. Now, he said, if my career involves working with children, 
I may also choose to spend my free time helping children or taking them mm-hmm. on special outings. He used to take wow. David out on the truck before he tried things. So he used to just take him for a ride out in the truck. And I'm thinking, oh, glory be, okay, glory. <laughs> oh, glory be, Michelle, right? There's a guy who's taking right. a real interest in my son who hasn't had any fatherly interest. So sad. I hate it. I hate it. And so I was blinded, if you will, because this is what I felt my son needed. And look what happened. And, and that's what they were banking on, exactly. That's right. That's what that ped- that's what that pedophile banked on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See how tiny and manipulative they he was mm-hmm. towards your son. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just awful. Wow. Yeah, that's sad. So it it is bad, and and it's uh, it's upsetting me while I'm talking. All right. So um, I don't think he's alive anymore. The way I look at it is, all the abusers are dead. <laughs> the ones I know of, it makes it easier. Um, I take advantage of your child's natural curiosity about sex by telling dirty jokes. Well, I found out that he did tell him dirty jokes. A lot of guys do that. I don't know. They shouldn't do that. Not when a child is like 10 years old or something. They're trying to be cool in front of the kid, you know. So, um, and maybe they'll never touch him or anything, but they should uh, They should learn that if a child is like 10, maybe he's 11 by then, somewhere, somewhere in there, I have to ask him. Um don't tell them dirty jokes. You're trying to teach the child to grow up proper, not to have a filthy mouth and all this other stuff, all right? So you shouldn't mm-hmm. be telling them dirty jokes. Um, and then pornography many times is shown, and, uh, and and that's then they go into playing sexual games. Remember, these are pedophiles that are speaking to this whole mm-hmm. thing here. Okay. Yeah, I was grown. I was grown. I was showing porno. At the, starting at the age of six years old, mm-hmm. you know, and when, when you know, and I was given um, sex books, you know, that would go that that would literally speak detail of uh, intercourse, and you know, and they would talk dirty, and and I was, it was it was I, it was just weird, but I, the more they gave, the more I read it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I just had the wrong thinking of sex. It was just crazy. So sad. That's what they do. They're well, called grooming. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm making noise here because, see, these, uh, I, I made a whole bunch of copies of these when I had done a, um, over at the college, I, I did presentations. So I used this one. I mm-hmm. used it. Um, we have an 831 area code. Hold on a second. Let me bring this person on. Hello, AT1. Who am I speaking to? This is Carol Levine. Hi. This is Karen. I can't hear you in the car. At all. Try to roll a window up. This is Sarah. Yeah, there's noise behind me. Sorry. Okay. So who is this now? I didn't hear you. (laughs) My name is Karen. Oh, Karen. Okay, now I got you. I'm going to write you in the... um, when someone calls in the studio, I put their name in. Just, you know, is Karen is fine. That's all you need to give me. Have you been mm-hmm. listening to the whole show? No, I just turned on a few minutes ago. I called in once before, though. Okay, that's good. 
So what we're doing here is we're talking about pedophiles, okay? And this article that I'm reading, um, I'm having a little problem with all the pages here because I give presentations, but um, and I hand them out. But uh, the point is how do pedophiles, you know, this is written by pedophiles, mm-hmm. okay? They're in for treatment. Just to give you a, a little short thing here. They're in for treatment. This is child abuse now, right? Is this the topic for tonight? Yes. So what this topic is, it talks about pedophiles who are uh, actually in for treatment, and they're trying to help, supposedly, help, you know, the public to understand how they operate and what parents should What's really look out for. Actually, she a newcomer. This is her first time here. I think she said she called them once before. She had called them once before. Okay. Is there anything she would so, like to share that we can help her with? Well, she might well, what, want to what, share it. Go ahead. What, 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 what they're supposed to look out for? What parents are supposed to look out for? What, what is oh, that, my God. What does that mean? Okay, I've gone through so much, honey, because you've called in kind of late. Just listen to the rest of the show, because we've gone through so much. Um, I will probably know more about the kids than uh, you do, their music, their clothing, their video games, languages. Um, I make comments like anyone who molests a child should be shot. <laughs> They'll actually say that. They're talking about themselves. Or sexually abusing a kid is the sickest thing anyone can do. Um, if I am a parent, it is even easier for me to isolate, control, or molest my own children. It happens in the home, right? Um, it doesn't have to be a stranger. I can sexually abuse my children without my wife ever expecting anything because I gradually block the communication between my children and their mother and make it look like I'm the good guy. Don't forget, this is someone who is preying on their own child in this case, okay? And um, they don't want the mother and and the son or daughter, you know, to have a wonderful uh, relationship because they'd rather it be with them, okay, so they can have easier access. I may touch your child in their presence, and you were just talking about, no, Lori was talking about, I may touch your child in the presence um, so that she thinks you are comfortable with the way I touch her. So in other words, in the presence of the mother. Mm. And you see, if look, I remember when I was four years old, I had this little dress on. I was down Coney Island. I was with all you know, all the people in my family on that side. They were all New Yorkers, a whole bunch of them. We'd go to Coney Island all the time. And I had on a little mm-hmm. dress of some sort. And, and this guy, because I wasn't being watched, okay, this guy mm-hmm. came over to me, took my hand, and said, little girl, come with me quickly. Come on, come, come. Well, I'm, I'm four years old. What the heck do I know? So I went with him. He took me over to where he could get an ice cream cone. He bought me an ice cream cone. And in the process of my eating the ice cream cone, he's feeling me all over on my little dress. He says, oh, your dress is, it needs ironing. Well, no, it didn't. Okay. He just wanted to touch my body. Mm-hmm. Now, no one was looking for me. See, this is very bad. Uh, a parent should know where their child is all the time. And if you're down Coney Island or somewhere else like that, whatever, um, you keep your eye on your kid. It's nice to talk to your friends, okay? 
But if you have children, you keep your eye on your children first, especially in today's world. Now, this is going back to when I was four years old. This isn't new. People mm-hmm. have to understand this. But they have to understand, too, that they have to learn to talk to their children. I'm, I'm talking to Karen right now. To talk to your children and, um, and, and develop that bond, all right, so that your child feels comfortable, so you feel comfortable. If you're married, do role-playing. This is what we were speaking about earlier. Um, do role-playing. Mm-hmm. So that everybody feels comfortable, and you know, there's ways of speaking to them. And on our NASCA website, um, do you have children, Karen? And she's still here. She's still here. She's just not answering. No. Okay. No, I no, I don't have Uh-oh. children. Okay. All right. But there's somebody in your family who has children. I bet, right? Yes, no. I, I don't have a family. Oh, okay. All right. Well, then I'm going to speak in generalities, okay? And, and you can learn by listening because that's what we're doing here. This is a listening, learning show, okay? So um, what people need to do is to speak to their children at a very early age and um, about the good, the bad, and the ugly, as I call it, all right? What's appropriate, what's not appropriate um, as far as touching uh, words being said, et cetera, et cetera. And if you develop that bond between your child, if you do that, and if someone had done that with me, and probably everybody on NASC, if our parents had spoken to us, you know, in such a way, develop that bond. If somebody is touching you in an inappropriate manner, um, come and tell me, and I will believe you. Mm-hmm. Statistics show that 98%, all right, almost 99%, of children never lie about being touched, okay? Now, that's as bad as high as you can go, all right? So then we are to believe them and certainly investigate what they do, share with us so we can help them and get rid of the monster, all right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's very, very important. If I am a father, here's one of these guys talking. He says, if I am a father, my behavior might look normal to other people. I may use situations like tucking the kid in bed at night to touch them sexually. Okay? Now, mommy's probably glad that daddy went upstairs with the kid to tuck him in bed. And And instead of just putting the child in bed and pulling the covers over in the normal way, they instead have a way of maybe rubbing their leg, or uh, and when they once they rub their leg, they might go over a little bit further, and before you know, they've touched something, you know, their penis or whatever, and um, but, but lightly, and so the kid doesn't catch on quite right away. See, that's step number one. See how the kid takes that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says here, yeah, do, 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 then I'll lose my place. Well, mm-hmm. I, I may have told my children that this is what all fathers do with their children. In other words, tucking them in bed and, um, you know, filling them inappropriately. I may have said that. See, that's what they say. Mm-hmm. That way the children accept what he's doing if they're too young and can't think about it. Yeah, but they and can't I may be, 
they don't. They don't. That's what they do. They, and kids are like young. They think daddy's. They wouldn't want to even think that their father is doing something inappropriate to them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Philip, exactly. do you have anything? Yeah, Philip, do you have any comment or question? No, not right now. Okay. Um, okay. So let me go to the next page here. And also, the bathroom is a problem. If I am a parent or live in a home with children, my behavior may look accidental. I may accidentally expose myself or accidentally walk in on a child while they are using the bathroom or changing clothes. Mm-hmm. Oh, we all know that's baloney. I would like to say something else, but I'm on air. Okay, let me go to the next page. I should have torn this apart. All right, indications that a child is being molested. Because each child is unique, symptoms of sexual abuse vary and can be uh, hard to identify in some cases. Here are some things to watch out for. This is quite a few guys that are putting this together. It says says here behavioral symptoms can include a change in modesty, ranging from becoming overly concerned about their bodies to engaging in inappropriate sexual behaviors. Now, that's why kids who are sexually abused, when they go out, a lot of times they act in an inappropriate way, even around their kids, you know, their friends, and they go out in the street and they become promiscuous if it's a girl, okay? Many times girls become, yeah, promiscuous. Physical symptoms can include... uh, Genital pain, itching, discharge, and bleeding. Okay, this is from girls. Children can also develop stomach aches, headaches, and a variety of other physical complaints. Other changes can include sleep disturbances, bedwetting. Many times kids uh, go back, they regress, they go backwards. Um, mm-hmm. And they start actually urinating in their in their bed again. And that, I knew a kid that was doing it at twelve. Okay, a boy, not a girl. Mm. Um, wow. Yeah, I know. I found out the true story on that. But unexplained fears or refusal to go certain places or be with certain people. Now that shows that they're afraid of something or someone. Okay. They may develop school problems, difficulties with peers, excessive crying or depression. Clinginess, yes, I've seen that. And depression, of course, we all know about that. Many of us do. Um, We know something's wrong, and we don't know what the hell to do about it in plain English, all right? And especially if it's from a family member, it makes it much harder. Um, So so you have these sleep disturbances. Yeah. Does anybody want to say something here? Uh, I still can't do sleep. <laughs> 65, still can't do sleep. I have to take my sleeping pills. If I don't, I immediately will wake up as soon as I hit that bed. And in my mind, I will hear my father's footsteps coming down my hallway to my bedroom and to go through the whole thing. And this is every night because it was done every night to me up until I was 16. So, yeah, yeah, that's just the way it was, served up, it was part of my life, you know, and all the things you described, I lived through, and turn it, like, the only thing is I was more of a 
concealer. I didn't want anybody seeing my body. So I would always be wearing an overshirt or something. I never wore a dress mm-hmm. or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, so, but everything else fits right into place. It's just the well, way it was. will probably get to that. Yeah, this will probably get to that. I don't I don't know. Um, like, I used it over at the university a lot. That's why I have all this paperwork here. <laughs> you know, but I'd pass out. You know, pass it out so that uh, they could take it home or wherever, to their dorm, whatever, and read it. But anyway, children who are being abused sometimes try to deal with their problems by engaging in escape behavior. Let's see what there that you means. go. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, well, I should know that, druggies. Okay. This may involve running away. I did that. You did that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't think Lori ran away, no. Um, drug or alcohol use. You always take care of people. That's the way she is. Drug or alcohol mm-hmm. use, we certainly did that. Uh, daydreaming or becoming more isolated, Michelle. Did that. Isolation, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You certainly did, yes. Um, I, on the other hand, would get, you know, high and, and pop pills. And I have to admit, I thought I was having a good time. <laughs> I didn't know any better. I did stupid, that I guess. I, that's what I'm yep. I, Hey, look. I was escaping that way, right? So mm-hmm. um, some children may not uh, demonstrate any type of negative symptoms, really. Some offenders are able to groom, here comes your grooming, children for abuse in a manner that makes the child feel comfortable, close mm-hmm. to and even uh, protective of their offender. You see, I've seen that. I don't know if anybody else has, but right. sometimes sometimes um, kids actually get a close bond with their offender. The offender is buying them things. Think about it, things that the parents can't mm-hmm. afford or maybe um, don't want them to have, whatever. And um, maybe they – and don't forget, the parents have trusted this person. Maybe they're using them as a babysitter. That happens a lot. Mm-hmm. So while the parents are out doing what they're doing, then you have um, this child who's alone with the babysitter who is the actual abuser, okay? Absolutely. And he tells them dirty jokes, um, lets the kids smoke, lets the kid have maybe half a beer or something. They have to be careful with that, don't they? Um, but they treat them more like an adult than a child, and that makes them feel special. Right. So that's what they do. They engage in drinking of and, and drug abuse. How many kids I saw shooting up heroin? And I thank God I was, I was afraid of it. Okay. Um, some children may not demonstrate any type of negative symptoms. Some offenders are able to groom their children. We just went through that. Remember, if your child demonstrates any abrupt change in behavior, he may have something he needs to talk about. Yeah, because that's a flag when they, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Repeated <laughs> inquiries and supportive information may be necessary if a child molester has become become isolating and manipulating your child. He may feel very confused about telling. The child won't say anything. The child may believe that if he tells, he will be in trouble. And that would be either with his new friend or parents. See, he scares the kids. Mm-hmm. That's what he does. He scares them into believing 
that, um, you know, if you tell someone you're going to be in trouble, they won't believe you, and then that's the way it is. And the kid feels that way. Because each child is unique, symptoms of sexual abuse vary and can be hard to identify in some cases. And here are some of the things to watch out for. Now, Karen, you can listen mm-hmm. to this because she'd asked that question before and you had too, Michelle. Okay, behavioral symptoms can include a change in modesty, ranging from becoming overly concerned about their bodies to engaging in inappropriate sexual behaviors. In other words, they can become promiscuous and or they can uh, put heavy clothing on like you were talking about because a lot of kids don't want people to look at their body. They want to look ugly, say. Because mm-hmm. then, uh, they won't get attention that way, okay? And they're less likely to be abused. Okay. Absolutely. Physical, yeah. Physical symptoms can include, you know, itching, gentle, you know, pain, discharge, and bleeding. That's the second time. This is another one put in here. Children can also mm-hmm. develop stomach aches. Now, we've spoken about this before. When mm-hmm. children are sexually abused, when they're sexually abused, it expects, you know, we, we get physical, mental, emotional type of pain. And so all of a sudden we start developing these, these pains. Maybe we have too many stomach aches, um, whatever the case might be. And the parent mm-hmm. takes the child, you know, to a doctor. I had this happen to me once. My mother actually took mm-hmm. me to a doctor once. Yes, she did. <laughs> I had pains in my sunk, and um, the doctor pushed and prodded and uh, all this other stuff, and uh, it couldn't come up with anything. So he said nonspecific aches and pains. It's really mental and emotional. It's sexual abuse. Right. That's what happens. We know that. Absolutely. Physical symptoms can include that itching, yes. Children can also develop stomach, yeah, okay. Other changes can include sleep disturbances. Who was just talking about sleep disturbances? They don't take their pill, they don't go to sleep, Lori, that was you. Oh, yeah. Right? That was me. And then they wanted to take me off the sleeping pill because they said people around 65 your brain chemistry has changed, and if you take this pill, you might, um, like, fall or something like that. And I was looking at her like she had two heads, like, you've got to be kidding me. You're taking me off. I'll be up for three days. So mm-hmm. it just turned out that one night I actually did fall, and I kind of split my head open. <laughs> yeah. So they, had a, they lifted me and stapled me. So the next time I saw the doctor, I was like, you know, I think you were right about the sleep pills. I might rather stay awake. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. One or the other. I don't feel like any more helicopter rides. Mm. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 Mm. So that's the sleep disturbance part of it. And now I am a night owl. But then I, I think to myself, you know, and of course a lot of my um, abuse actually started when the sun was just starting to come up. But um, sometimes I wonder, like, even with the jobs I had, at times I would work shift work in the hospitals and detox centers and all this other stuff. I needed someone. Oh, here I am. Here I am. And um, 
I would go to work very, very tired because sometimes I couldn't sleep. I had mm-hmm. all, my my brain was like racing. I know they have medicine for today, but I, I didn't want to take those meds because I didn't like the idea of how I felt the next day. I feel groggy. I tried it, and I said, no more for me. See, they have uh, side effects. They just simply do. Um, so I didn't want to go to work like that. So then they started having problems in school, difficulty with peers, excessive crying, or depression. A big subject always mm-hmm. is depression. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, and then depression can lead to suicide. And I tried to commit suicide. Michelle tried, I don't know how many times. Um, it's not a good place to be, okay? Not a good place at all to be. Um, I'm, I'm glad that I got caught. Um, my friend was out on a date. I'll just say this quickly. She didn't like the guy. And um, she was living with us. We always had huge houses. I'm in a little house now. I was brought up in big houses because they were wealthy people. And um, she didn't like the guy, and he brought her back. He didn't like her either. <laughs> I don't know. They didn't like each other. So she caught me. I didn't expect her home for hours. And uh, what what she saw blew her mind because my stepfather was on one side and my mother was on the other side watching me cut my wrist. And my mother was saying, do it, and do it right. And my stepfather said, yeah, yeah. You know, God, I actually stopped cutting and looked up at him like they were from Mars. Well, she had come through the door, had come running up the steps, and, and I was laying on a mattress on the floor because my brother had just moved out, thank God. He was one of my abusers. And um, he left that behind. And there was a piece of glass on the floor. I guess he broke something. And that's what I was using to cut. So my hair was very long then. They called me the peroxide pirate. It was very blonde. <laughs> and she just pulled me by my long hair and snapped my head back. She almost killed me that way, <laughs> the way she pulled me, to get me up off the floor, to get me out of the house and get the hell out of there. So then we went down to the business, and she did the best she could to... Um, Stopped the bleeding, kept wrapping gauze around and around and around and around and around. The hired help came out. We were making too much noise, and they were shocked. And uh, they were doing the best that they could. And my mother had thrown us out as we were going down the steps up in the house. Don't come back. We had no place to go, Michelle. Worry. That's right. I was 17 years old. Yeah. So there was a money drawer there. There was a money drawer there. Mm -hmm. I thought, you know what? You do this to me, I'm going to do this to you. So Mm -hmm. it was really only change, okay, because Mm -hmm. the uh, phones with the coin phones were still in, in, you know, they never, they didn't switch over either, so it took them a while. Right. So um, I just grabbed a whole handful of, of change. I don't even know how much I had. And we took off. And that's another story, and it's too long, but that's how I met my first husband, the movie star. Okay? I was so sure he was a movie star. He looked like one. What a monster. Okay, so um, these things happen. You have dysfunctional homes. You're going to have dysfunctional lives. Um, And our, our bodies take the toll of it. I have friends who can't have children because they were horribly abused. 
And um, then there's others who have, or Michelle, you know, people have headaches and then they have headaches. And they tend to have migraine headaches and a variety of other physical complaints. Okay, so we've already spoken about the sleep disturbances, the depression, which can lead into suicide. Um, aggressive or secretive uh, type of personality, all of a sudden they start to, um, they get. Children who are being abused sometimes try to deal with their problems by engaging in escape behavior. We already use that. I'm getting down to the bottom here. And um, they run away. They end up out on the street. You see those kids out on the street. Don't always judge them as being bad kids. They have to learn to look more into the family structure. Inside the family structure probably is the answer to why this kid is out on the street, okay? Whether it be today with the looting or whether it just be kids who have, and I don't mean just, who have been thrown out, no homes, and they end up out on the street, they still have to steal to eat, right? If they're not pimped out, they have to steal to eat, and they need clothing, Okay. So I was I had an angel amongst those people. They would not let anyone near me. Um, they protected me on the street. It was summertime, and at times I would go home, and I would try to uh, at, at two o'clock in the morning. I knew I could go at two thirty. My stepfather would be back upstairs. He had to tend to the the boilers and to keep the flowers warm. Don't forget we were florists. So he would go down and to stokers. He'd put um, coal in it. And then go back up to bed, okay? So I knew what the time schedule was at home, so I snuck in through the basement. In those days, people didn't lock their doors. I didn't have to worry about a key that time, okay? I could go into the basement. I knew that, and that took me up into the kitchen. So I grabbed all kinds of fruit. My mother always had, you know, fresh fruit. And um, whatever I could grab, okay, I grabbed. And um, a friend had a car. Not everybody was homeless. Homeless people out there had some people who had, you know, cars. They'd drive me there, I'd get a bunch of stuff as I, I could, and then I'd take off. Because mm-hmm. I, didn't want to be in my, I didn't want to be near my brother, I didn't want to be near my mother, or my stepfather after all of that stuff. Okay. That's why I ended up on the street. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Children who are being abused sometimes try to deal with their problems by engaging in the escape behavior, and that's running away. Remember, if your child demonstrates any abrupt change in behavior, he may have something he needs to talk about. Repeated inquiries and supportive information may be necessary. If a child molester has been isolating and manipulating their child, he may feel very confused about telling. The child may believe that this is, if he tells, he will be in trouble, and he has lost his new friend who's treating him nice, but he's sexually abusing him, okay, or even his parents. So then it says, where can you find help? It gives you certain resources. If you look on the page, I'm not going to go through all of that. It will give you resources. And I do have other one last page, and then I'll go into um, what I found out today, okay? Mm-hmm. And then the show will be over. Okay. Um, all right, this is what they tell the parents to do. Don't expect your child to be able to protect himself from me or assume that he will be able to tell you that I am abusing him. Communication. Listen, believe, and trust what your child tells you. Children rarely lie about sexual abuse. So he's repeating what I already know and what I've spoken. Educate Mm -hmm. your children 
and on healthy values about sexuality. If you don't teach your child, I will. How arrogant. Wow. If you don't teach yes. your child, I will. Okay. Watch for any symptoms of sexual abuse your child might demonstrate. An excellent guide for teaching children about sexual abuse is a very touching book by Jan Hindeman for teens. No is mm. Not Enough by Karen Adams. There's a list of, of uh, names here. If you, if you go to this website, naasca.org, nasca.org, and go to prevention, as I told you how to do, You'll find this mm-hmm. whole thing there, and they, you can see the books that that is for teenagers, and that's important. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, let your child know um, that that touching private parts is not appropriate if it's not by the appropriate people. Okay. Mm-hmm. Remind your child that secret touching is never the child's fault. Talk to your child about the way someone might try to trick him or her into going along with secret touching or not telling you that it is happening to him. Make sure your child knows that you want to, him to tell you immediately if something should happen. Right. And, and just, just look at your children's behavior in general. If they're changing, there's a problem probably. Have safety talks. That's what we discussed earlier. Get that bond. Tell them what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. Educate yourself and, um, and then educate your children. Now, this should be done at home. Almost one quarter of the children are exposed to unwanted pornography via the Internet. I'm sure it's a little bit higher now. Use the ISP, yes, that offers screening for obscenity and pornography. So that's the end of this. This This was written by those people who are in for rehab, and they put this all together. And it was called the Center for Behavioral Intervention in Beavertown, Oregon. But the last I found out, they someone had burned it down. So I don't know where they relocated to. But it's good information, especially for people who don't know enough about child abuse and, and what can happen to your children. Now, what I did find mm-hmm. out is in 2010, there were 1,307 sex offender treatment programs in the United States all 50 states. And then they provided therapeutic services to approximately 53,811 individuals who had committed sex crimes. 95% of all known cases of child molestation are committed by people with pedophilia. They're pedophiles, Mm. 95%. 95% of those kids who molest your children are pedophiles, period. Okay. Experts disagree. They're having a problem amongst themselves on how successful therapy can be for a pedophile. It may help a few. Gee, isn't that nice? Mm. And that's in 2022. The use of testosterone and lowering drugs and other drugs can reduce sexual interests and behavioral uh, problems with pedophilia and, and with pedophiles. And they consider it a disorder. Some say it's neuro- mm-hmm. neurological, you know, whatever. Medications may help pedophiles with the urges to reoffend. What I have else up here? Um, oh, they consider it a, a chemical imbalance. Um, now there's 1,754 programs in the United States 
to this day. I must say, closed it now. And this is a, this is recent. This is right off the internet tonight. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there are a lot of, of therapeutic programs, but the last thing it says is there is no known cure or cause. That's a lie. Can I I say something about that hormone therapy? Sure. Uh, You know, I I just really don't know what they're doing with those hormones, and uh, I don't know why uh, there's an explosion of, uh, you know, men who are, uh, you know, claiming trans and trying to have access to women's spaces and things like that, and I don't know if some of this hormone therapy has anything to do with it or not. Well, they're they're confused. You see, one group of of, um, psychiatrists and all the supposedly, um, you know, therapists and all this other stuff, they have one... DSM 4, 5, 6, 1, 2, they keep changing. So they keep moving the bar... And I don't think they really uh, can be relied upon, especially because so much of the um, pedos have infiltrated on the inside of some of these, uh, you know, some of them even have become MDs and a number of other things, and they're influencing what is considered abnormal or not. To me, it seems like they're uh, they're trying to sexualize children and normalize uh, their behavior by calling it minor uh, attracted and all kinds of things. So there's some very insidious and devious uh, influences that have infiltrated the entire uh, system and, and standards of, of, you know, what what pedophilia is and what's acceptable and, and, and what's not because just that a lot of these drag shows go on and everything in front of children to me is extreme child abuse. But it seems, you know, it's being normalized. Mm-hmm. Um, I know what you're saying, and I've read all articles on that. Okay, and you know what I have to say to that? BS. Okay, <laughs> because um, we're all, well, most of us on this show anyway, are, are survivors, and I don't believe mm-hmm. for one minute that those people don't know number one what they're doing. I do not forgive them for what they have done. I won't do that because they know what they're doing. As far as neurological or chemistry imbalance or uh, actually any psychiatric condition, antisocial behavior, I, I worked in Greystone Psychiatric when it was up. It's torn down now, thank God. Um, it was full of asbestos. And my lungs tell it, <gasps> there you go. <laughs> Isn't that cute? But anyway, all right, the, the point, kind <laughs> of nasty, I know. So the, the point is this. Um, there are people, you're absolutely right, there are people, there are groups that are trying to make what's abnormal look normal in the world mm-hmm. of pedophilia, okay? And mm-hmm. it just it just irks me to death because, look, there's no in-between areas here, okay? It's either right or it's wrong, number one. And, and number two, inappropriate touch of any kind, um, if it's a, for anyone, like with a little kid, inappropriate touch, that's mm-hmm. against the law. That's a crime. That's a crime against a child. Mm-hmm. And certainly if you rape that child, and uh, look at poor uh, Lori, what she was talking about. 
Okay, mine started at six to seven and a half with a pedophile. He got caught, and all he did was beat the hell out of him. And he relocated. He he went away. He went down Florida. Um, mm. And then my brother started in at nine with me, and that lasted four, until fourteen. He absolutely openly raped me, and. Uh, <sighs> Then I got raped again at 17 and had a baby. I would have had a baby except I had a miscarriage. Um, all my friends, my God, they beat the shit out of that guy too. But anyway, the point is this. People cannot make normal out of something that's not normal. They can try, but you can't. Now, a person is either normal or they're not normal. A situation is either normal or it's not normal. To aggressively put your hands on a child and or anyone ab- even above 16 years of age, any, any age, mm-hmm. if that person doesn't mm-hmm. want you to touch them, you back off, okay? It can be a touch on the shoulder. You back off. If a person, if a person is, you know, after children, which is the case of the, with the pedophiles. We went over that last mm-hmm. night because there's, there's four different categories, and they all have four different uh, names. You have pedophiles, you have hebophilia, and that's uh, 11 to 14-year-olds they're interested in. You have chronophilias, strange name, and that's for infants and toddlers. Wonderful. Okay, so those are the categories. Now, if you touch a child inappropriately... If you touch a child inappropriately, you're breaking the law. And if you if you rape a child mm-hmm. or even constantly molest them, you break their spirit. This is against the Absolutely. law. So all those groups that are out there, and you can even talk about Namblia, okay? It's all sick. Get it straight. Because that's not normal. It's not normal. It'll never be normal. And they can try as hard as they want to make it normal. But, again, what is not normal is not normal. And if a person is not normal, you can't make them normal. They have to get help. They have to get help. And, unfortunately, with um, pedophiles, there is no known cure right now. I I looked it up, and for decades, decades, they still can't agree as to how to completely treat them. Some say open therapy in a safe setting, which makes me want to barf because we didn't have any safe settings. <laughs> but okay, um, therapy in a safe setting um, with a lot of good therapists and all this other stuff can um, help deter um, a person and their urges. And then another set of people say that's impossible because they can't control their urges, otherwise they wouldn't be a pedophile, Okay. And so they can't come to terms as to what to do, how to treat them, castration. If you castrate, don't forget the last show that um, Oprah had. And I talk about this frequently now because there's so many kids being sexually abused, the ones from the border and all this other stuff, they're pimped out. There's a whole bunch of them. They're killed. Their, Their organs are being sold, all these things to the black market and to hospitals that don't give a damn where they get their organs from. Um, They just have them. Um, So those kids are in in dire straits. You know, a huge amount of them don't make it across the border to meet relatives that they're supposed to meet. 
They they pay the cartel, and the cartel does what they want with them. That's the truth, the ugly truth. And in March, which I mentioned last night because I had information on that, um, 900 kids were supposed to meet relatives uh, on, on the border there right, as they get into our country. They never made it, never made it. So you see we have children disappearing every single day, every single day. Uh, it's either through sex trafficking or it's through children who are being used in sweatshops. Uh, they brought that back big time now. They have so many children coming across, they use them that way. Or the, the, the industry with the hotels and motels, they're the ones that do the maid, the cleaning, all this other stuff, children I'm talking about. Older children, probably about 16 years old and above, whatever. So, you see, this is what's going on in our country. Pedophiles have been around since the beginning of time. This isn't anything new. They're wired differently in their brain. That's the truth. And I don't know if anything can make them normal because they're not normal to begin with. So, yes, we have these groups out here. I read about them. I do a tremendous amount of research amount. I do that because I want to know. And then I can tell everybody what I know because what I've learned. And um, I had a lot of schooling, and this is like an extension of and I just keep it going, going, going to try and understand, you know, how we can help our children. And the best thing that I can come up with myself, anyway, in my opinion, is for communities to work closer together, to teach communities how to, to speak to their children, um, to warn them about the good, the bad, and the ugly, to look for the red flags and know what these red flags are. And you can find all this information right on our NASCA website. So it's NASCA, N-A-A-S-C-A, dot org. And you open up those red blocks, and you'll find out what kinds of information under prevention and intervention, the one right before the last on the right side. And so that what I'm talking about tonight, I do twice a year. It's a long show, and there's a lot yeah. of information. What did you say, Michelle? No, no, go ahead. Oh, it's a long show. There's a lot of information. We here at NASCA know most of this. Um, I think I was taken by it. I gave Bill this article a long time ago, and he posted it, uh, because it was written by pedophiles. See, that was the interesting part, was that it was written by pedophiles. So, therefore, I'm interested in what they have to say. And on Oprah's show, one of the last shows that she did, and I didn't see Oprah that often, but I happened to tune in one day, and it was I think it may have been her last show. She had on her stage nothing but pedophiles. There was no audience. You can look this up. There was no audience, and she had been abused as a child. I think it was by her grandfather, wasn't it, Michelle? I don't quite remember. Some family member. And um, so she certainly knew about um, sexual abuse. And so she was interested that if these people on her stage, they're all men, um, ranging in the age of, I think, maybe 32, 33 to 60, who had already done prison time and were now in therapy, the last question, which always sticks in my mind, the last question that she asked these people, 
was if a child were to come in front of you right now, would you become sexually aroused? And they all had to admit that they probably would. And then the second question was, are you safe? After all the therapy and whatever prison time each one got, and it was all different, scattered, staggered, um, are you safe around children? You've been in prison and you're in therapy. Can you now be safe around children? And not one could say yes. So you see, when you have facts like that, you have facts like that, to me that's the answer until someone comes along with something that's believable and um, and can be proven. We already know what sexual child abuse does to a child. We already know that. Now, if you can find me something that will give, give it to the pedophiles, all the known pedophiles, right, the known pedophiles, some kind of medicine, some kind of other treatment, um, castration doesn't work. The one on uh, there was one guy on her show that was castrated. He says there's other ways. <laughs> that was his answer. So you see, he he was still uh, interested in children, even castration, having that. So that's his show for tonight, and uh, I think it was pretty interesting, actually. Michelle, do you have any comments? Is she there, Michelle? Lori, are you there? I'm here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know That's where Michelle went. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> maybe she has to leave the, the whatever. <laughs> okay. Um, do you have any comments for the show tonight? Yeah, well, it is basically. I mean, if you're born without a limb, it's not like you're going to grow a limb. If you're born a pedophile, that's just the way you are. So you die. Nothing you can do with them. Um, yeah. My father was the same as he went out the same way he came in. Nothing. So he's just another part of society we have to deal with. And recognizing him is the first thing. And then starting organizations around them because there's more of them than us who are actively involved. We're tracking them down. You know, I mean, our brothers, um, it was weird. He was in the hospital. He had to have something done on his chest. His teacher started coming up to visit him, and mm-hmm. everybody was thinking it was the greatest thing in the world. Well, that didn't work out too well for my brother because that's where he got him. He was the nice guy. His teacher made the trip, so everybody was in love with the teacher, and he was in love with my brother's parts. So it didn't yeah. go well. You know, so it's it's another thing we have to live with. I rather like take one of those uninhabitable islands and ship them all on there and let them live. That's what I want to do too. Yeah, I we, call there's it short so many islands. There, there's there's uh, there's no. We can't keep them in jail forever because the jail system is too packed as it is. Now, that's true. There are a lot of people in jail. And it's not for being a pedophile. It's all different kinds of things, all right? And you have prisons. Everything is overrun. There's too many people. And even in juvie, for God's sake, um, there's too many kids kids sleeping out in the hallways. We're supposed to be behind bars because that's where I worked, and they were behind bars. They were in a cell, not a bedroom, a cell. They committed adult crimes. Each one of them came from horrific backgrounds, 
Many of them, I had done my own study on that, many of them had been sexually abused, and um, boys and girls. We had police officers that worked there. Um, we were considered officers of the court. I had to stand in line every morning and make sure that my shoes were shiny because I took kids in the court. <laughs> okay, I wore a police uniform, but no gun. I had handcuffs and a billy club. Isn't that nice? I guess I was supposed to hit them if I had to. I don't know. But the point is, the point is this. Um, it's been around forever. I believe that, that their minds are twisted, okay? And I don't know how you fix twisted minds like that. I don't, I don't know if there is any cure for that. And since they've been doing decades, decades of study to try and figure out what to do with them, medically speaking, and they can't come up with an answer, then I just go back to thinking that they're, they're different. They're wired differently. Yeah. They need to have a place, settle them, and that's where they need to be housed for the rest of their life. I prefer yeah. their active sharks going around the island to make sure they don't get off. You know, take a helicopter, drop some food down. Nobody has to be bothered with them. I love the way you think. She is so funny. Um, but you're you're right. Okay. Um, I think they should be on an island too. I've mentioned that far away, and uh, let them fend for themselves. You know, so then someone said um, the other night, yeah, but well, they'll multiply. Well, that's not such a far-off idea. That's how Australia started. They put the England put their criminals on Australia. That's how it started. That's not such a far-off idea. That's been done historically in many places. And mm-hmm. it's not such a bad idea either. So, well, yeah. it's something. We have to do something. I mean, something has to be done. We, well, I can't do anything, but, you know, something has to be done. And um, because kids well, are, um, go ahead. Yeah, something has I. Something does have to be done, but I think something has to be done about uh, this, uh, this pushing of sexualization on children. It's 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 to obscene levels going on in society. Well, I I think that part is ridiculous. I hate it, and um, quite frankly. Uh, with the sexuality thing, um, if you look down, you have a penis, you're a boy. And if you look down, you have a vagina, you're a girl. And if you have trouble dealing with it, go get help. Now, that's what I always say. What they're doing to children in school today is is not right. And uh, someday they're going to be held accountable because I think the changes will take place. And the sooner, the better, okay, because our children's minds, are, are, they're getting warped. They're getting warped. I think you're a little boy. Like I said the other night, listen, when I was in school, I was very athletic. That was a part of my release of getting rid of my stress, okay? And I got heavy into sports. I was very good. I was a runner, and I was a jumper. I jumped the hurdles. I did everything. And um, no one could touch my 50-yard dash. And I couldn't do that today, (laughs) but I did it then. Okay, so with softball, the girls could never – Never get my ball. And I'll tell you what, um, I, sometimes I was a brat. I would just bunt it. And then they'd have to come running in because they're expecting me to hit a home run, right? <laughs> so they're all out now out of field. They ended up putting me with the boys. The boys didn't want me on their team. And they played baseball. And they threw that ball hard, honey, all right? 
And they weren't throwing it at my bat. They were throwing it at me. And I lasted two weeks, and I didn't care. They put me back on the girls' team. That's where I belong. I'm a girl. I like being a girl. I'm, I'm very, uh, very much happy with being a woman. Hey, I didn't want to be on the boys' team. So you see, these teachers who get these weird-ass ideas, and um, I don't know why they think even they have the right, and I guess because society as it is now, with those who are in power, if you will, um, allow for all this craziness, these kids are, are being injured physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. So now we're going to have to deal with them. Okay, sooner or later. And they had a girl on TV the other night who um, was trying to be a boy. She had her breasts cut off and and all kinds of stuff. And and she's going through horror now. She's about 17 or 18, 17, I think, now. She's going through horror now. So none of that is normal. It's not right. Shame on them. And uh, we're at the end of the show. (laughs) Okay. So I thank everybody that called in. Had a nice panel tonight. And Michelle, I hope you're okay. She wasn't feeling well yesterday. I know that. So um, we'll be back again on Monday. So I'm going to shut the show down. We only have 60 seconds left. So I'm just going to say watch yourself. Yeah, thank you for all you brought to the discussion tonight. Thank you for your monitoring of it. Thank you. Well, you're quite welcome. And call back anytime you want, okay? We're on Monday through Friday. I do every Friday, all right, and some Thursdays. Okay, good night, everybody. God bless you. Take care. Um, I know that God loves you, believe it or not. Yes, he does. I know tomorrow, cause that's gone Love Talk Radio.